Boom blast. And we are live. But not as live as the Raptors were tonight. Raptors win. Raptors win. Raptors win. I'm going out and saying this. This is the biggest win in Raptors franchise history. Regular season franchise history, obviously. Because this is just a regular season. Let's break this down for a second here. 113-93, the Toronto Raptors win in Golden State. Wait, but did Golden State have their whole team? Well, Kevin Durant played. Steph Curry played. Klay Thompson played. Draymond Green played. That's four All-Stars. Oh wait, Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Raptors win, didn't matter. Second night of a back-to-back. Raptors win, didn't matter. Everyone was mad at Kyle Lowry about a week ago. Didn't matter. This was a massive, massive performance about the Raptors. And and I know that, you know, overall I'm about the process, right? I'm about the process of the regular season in terms of instead of playing results of what happens. But every once in a while you get a result that you got to give enough credit to. And this is definitely one of those games. Because nobody would blame the Toronto Raptors if they came out and lost this game to said Golden State Warriors, right? I mean, everyone put an asterisk beside the Raptors' win at home in overtime because they said, well, there's no Steph, and there was no Draymond in that game, right? So there's an asterisk. Raptors come into this game on the second night of a back-to-back, as mentioned, after running the Clippers out of the gym without Kawhi Leonard. Now they run into the Warriors on the second night of a back of said back-to-back, and they run them out of the gym. Let's not get this twisted. The Raptors ran the Warriors out the gym. They didn't just win this game. They blew them out at home with their full team, without Kawhi Leonard. That's crazy. I don't know what the odds were for that before the game. Like, if you had to look and see what a 20-point victory for the Toronto Raptors would be on the second night of a back-to-back, against Golden State without Kawhi Leonard. I have no idea what the odds for that would be. But this is amazing. This is the biggest win of the Raptors season. This is the biggest win in regular season franchise history for the Raptors. And, you know, people keep trying to make excuses as to saying why, you know, the start of the year for the Raptors, oh, well, it's early, or, you know, their schedule hasn't been that good, or whatever. I don't want to hear any more of these excuses at all. Because the Raptors now improved to 6-0 on the second night of a back-to-back, okay? You can talk about how easy their schedule is, but they just ran the two best teams out of the, in the Western Conference. They just ran them out of the gym without Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, by the way, who's been playing like a top three player in the NBA. The Raptors didn't even need him tonight as they blew out the defending champion Warriors. And to be honest, if it's not for KD and KD's heroics... This would have been a worse whooping than it was, right? It's crazy. The Raptors this season, people keep, again, people keep making excuses, but let's be serious here, right? Without Kawhi Leonard, the Raptors are now 7-1 with double-digit road wins against the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors. Again, I'm going to repeat that for you, so we let that sink in. Without Kawhi Leonard this season, the Raptors are 7-1, with double-digit road victories, road victories against the Lakers, who have LeBron James on their team, Clippers, and Golden State Warriors. 
let that all sink in. And and hey, there are things that you just gotta chill out and enjoy. And and I've been preaching this for the whole year. Just enjoy the ride. All the talk about whether Kawhi can is he gonna stay, is he gonna go, just enjoy the ride. Because again, I said this after the win last night against the Clippers, and I'll say it again after the win, the surprise win tonight against the Warriors. If Kawhi Leonard is watching these games and he then turns around and says, you know what? I'm out, I'm leaving and going to the Clippers. That's on you, bruh. Nothing else the Raptors can do. Think about this game right now, right? Like this is crazy what happens. And Kyle Lowry, again, is the story for me, right? We talked about it and I, I get it, right? I get it. People ride the wave a little too much and they ride the up and down nature of the regular season. And so Kyle Lowry has four horrible shooting games and everyone thinks the world is over. Everyone thinks the Raptors season is over. Everyone's talking about let's trade Kyle Lowry. Relax. It's shooting slump. It's okay. And if there's one thing we know about Kyle Lowry, there are big boy matchups when Kyle Lowry just comes out and he is ready, 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 ready. This was one of those games. He came out with a purpose. For the second night in a row, Kyle Lowry gets the first bucket of the game for the Toronto Raptors. And it was a mid-range jumper in rhythm, and it was just so good to see that sign early from Kyle Lowry because once he hits that mid-range jumper in rhythm, that tells you he's feeling good. That tells you he's confident. And I'm going to give the Raptors a whole lot of credit in this game because we know that the Golden State run was going to come, and it came a bunch of times. And the Raptors took the punch, and then they still kept going. Why did it keep going? Listen to what Danny Green was talking about after the game. They played with tempo. The Raptors were running at every single opportunity they had. Kyle Lowry was pushing the ball up the floor. Raptors were getting layups. Raptors were getting anything they wanted to at the basket. And in fact, there was a moment where the Raptors missed a couple open shots where they could have ballooned the lead even sooner. Everything just went right for the Raptors. And what we're seeing here is when you run the offense, when you're playing ball movement, when you're spacing the floor, spreading it out, passing up good shots for great shots, it's very tough to beat this Toronto Raptors team, even without Kawhi Leonard not in the lineup. It's crazy. I don't know if, I mean, heading into this game, I'll be honest, as a basketball fan, and as someone who likes fun things, <laughs> like watching the best players in the NBA square off, I really wanted to see Kawhi Leonard play against the Golden State Warriors. Again, I wanted to watch that matchup. I really, really did. But I understand the mind games sometimes that come into these things where it's like, if he does have something that's sore, cool. If you are thinking ahead to playing the mind games of, oh, well, Steph didn't play in the first game. So if there is something wrong, we'll hold Kawhi out. I understand the mind games aspect of it all. So if you are going to sit him, whatever. It's almost like, I don't want to say this because I'm not thinking that there it's a built-in excuse, but it's almost like there's a built-in excuse if you lose, right? Because Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Meanwhile, you look at the other dudes on that team, the other dudes in that locker room, they're not going to roll over, especially not a guy like Kyle Lowry. He's going to take that challenge and he's going to run with it. And he's going to dominate yet another game for the Toronto Raptors, where now we see Kyle Lowry with 23 points, 12 assists, 5 rebounds, 3 steals. Kyle Lowry was everywhere. 
He was everywhere in this game. And again, his shot attempts, right? All those games where he was shooting the poor percentages, he was under 10 shots. This game, you see Kyle Lowry with 18 shots in the game, leading the Toronto Raptors. When that's happening and Kyle Lowry is engaged, this is what I've been talking about from the start of the season. Yes, we know Kawhi Leonard is the best player on the Toronto Raptors, but I've been saying the most important player, if the Raptors are going to be an elite team, meaning making the NBA Finals, the most important player is Kyle Lowry because of all the little things that Kyle Lowry does, right? We're talking about hitting open shots. We're talking about leading the offense. This guy was guarding Draymond Green. Think about that for a second. Kyle Lowry, your, what, 5'10 point guard, is guarding Draymond Green, their power forward. And it's not off a switch. Like, that was a game plan. They started Fred Van Fleet, so you're going kind of small, right? Your, your perimeter guys are Van Fleet, Lowry, and Danny Green. Just the way the matchups work out, Kyle's like, no problem, I got him. And I feel like I could be wrong, but there was one play and one play only where I saw Draymond get the ball in the post and just, you know, spin off Kyle and get a lay-in. That's it. I saw that happen once. Maybe I missed a time or two. I don't know. Let me bring up the box score here. Draymond Green. No, Draymond Green only had one field goal. So yeah, that's it. Again, if not for Kevin Durant, who put up 30 points on 13 to 22 shooting, this game was a huge, massive blowout. And why was that? Because guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson did not shoot well. Combined, they were 2 of 13 from three-point land. That's not going to get it done, right? It's not going to get it done, especially when the counterparts to that being Danny Green and, it, I don't know, I guess you're going to call Fred, like, who's a, who's a small forward? Or, sorry, I guess it'd be Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet. That's a backcourt, even though Danny Green obviously is also a, a guard. But Danny Green gives you 15 points. And the big part of what Danny Green did in this game was not only did he score 15 points, but it's how he got the 15 points. Another thing we talk about all the time on the podcast, right? All the Raptors players, not named CJ Miles, but they affect the game in multiple ways. And one of the best examples of that is Danny Green. Danny Green's a three-point shooter. That's supposed to be, you know, his calling card on offense. We know he plays defense, and he did a great job of that, right? Danny Green's supposed to be a three-point shooter. That's his offense. He's one for five in this game. And you might look at that and be like, whoa, that's kind, of, that's kind of messed up. But when you watch the game and you see what Danny Green was doing, he was driving to the basket. He was bullying Steph Curry in the post. Which goes back to another argument I have with people all the time about, you know, all this talk. I know Steph Curry's a two-time MVP, but people try to, like, get real reckless and talk about Steph. Remember there was a time where some people actually thought Steph Curry was the best player in the NBA and he's better than LeBron? Remember we thought that for a bit until we watched LeBron in the finals? Remember that? Well, my argument against Steph Curry all the time was always... You can't be the best player in the NBA if people are hunting you on defense. What do I mean by hunting? I mean, they're going to find whoever you're guarding and give that person the ball. We saw the Raptors do that with Danny Green. Danny Green, not Kyle Lowry, Danny Green. You heard Danny Green say in the post game, it was like, what, what did he say? Elementary school, the last time he got the ball in the post and he was going to work like that? The Raptors hunted Steph Curry on defense. You heard them even talk about it in the broadcast, right? The other big games the Warriors have had against them where they've lost 
it was all guard play. Again, Steph Curry not guarding his position. But hey, that's an argument for another day. That's a Warriors issue to deal with. Let's focus on the Raptors and the good, right? Raptors fans, sorry, I know you guys are fired up. Let me get to some comments because I know everybody's fired up because I'm fired up. I just rambled for how long. I didn't even say what's up to Twitter. Shouts to the people always joining in at Shell Alexander on Twitter after each and every Raptor game. Joining me on this Wrap It Up podcast. Totally appreciate it. Same thing on Instagram. Always taking your questions there as well. At Shell Alexander. Let's get to some comments. Uh, someone here says, Spurs fan here. Kawhi would be crazy to leave this incredibly deep roster he has around him. I agree with that. Right? I mean, that's a Spurs fan. Shout out to you being a Spurs fan, actually, and tuning into the podcast. Greatly appreciate that. We should, like, trade uh, info, you know, like, how's DeMar going? I feel like Raptor fans would like to hear about that. But I appreciate that. I appreciate you tuning in as a Spurs fan and giving that perspective. Because, you know, I definitely love getting other people perspectives especially someone with the knowledge of watching the Spurs for and Kawhi's career right so yeah I've been saying this from the start of the season and all that's happened this season is just further backed up my point if Kawhi Leonard leaves this team that's on him Masai Jiri has done everything he can um Nick Nurse has done everything he can if Kawhi leaves that's on him can't even worry about that, Raptors fans. Enjoy this season for what it is and moments like this. Because look at that. They showed the stat, right? When was the last time the Toronto Raptors won in Golden State? Right? What was it? 2004? I think that's what it was. Like, that's crazy. That is absolutely the most ridiculous thing ever. They ran the video and it was all... Who was in that? It was Jalen Rose. <laughs> it was Vince Carter. Right, like who else was on that team? I, I want to say Robert Archibald, Danielle Marshall. Like that's crazy. Here's a tweet here from Josh Lewenberg. He said before the game, it's been nearly 15 years since the Raptors last beat the Warriors in the Bay Area. How much have things changed? Well, the final score of that overtime game was 84-81. Rap starters that night, Vince Carter, Jalen Rose, Alvin Williams, Danielle Marshall, and Robert Archibald. Tomorrow morning on ESPN, if you watch ESPN and Jalen Rose's show, Get Up, I bet you they will be rolling back that old footage of Jalen Rose getting buckets in the Raptors uniform just to show how long it's been since the Raptors last won in Golden State or in Oakland. Like, this is crazy. This is what I mean. These are the moments where you got to just enjoy the season for what it is. And whatever happens at the end of the year happens at the end of the year. But this is incredible. I'm seeing all the comments right now that are in this. I, let me get to the comments because the comments are really going crazy right now. And I want to read as many people's comments as possible. But I'm excited because Raptors fans are excited. And this is a massive win. It's 1 a.m. in the morning right now on the East Coast. Raptors fans are fired up. Um, someone says, tongue in cheek. I can tell this would probably be in the Comic Sans font. But someone here on Twitter says, the Warriors only had four All-Stars. Great win. <laughs> right? Another comment, back-to-back -back blowouts, let's go. Uh, someone brings up JV probably out till January. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. JV goes down, and it's it's sad to see that happen, right? Because JV was definitely playing so well this year. He was having a good run. It's not the first time that we've seen you know JV have a good run and have it 
be ruined by injury. We've seen that happen in years past. But this year was different because you know it was such a, a risk for Nick Nurse in terms of splitting up JV and Surge and, and starting one of them and rotating them back and forth in the starting lineup. And it was working so well. So it sucks to see JV go down. But again, this is just another example of showing the great job that Masai Ujiri has done. Why? Because we get to see the moose. Greg Monroe filled in and he gave the Raptors good solid minutes, right? Like seven minutes, five points, five rebounds. What more do you want from the big man? He was active. He was all over the place. He's grabbing like key rebounds, big boy rebounds, as I like to call them. But also, Raptors fans, you got to remember, there's a kid in 905, a Canadian kid, Chris Boucher, who's doing mega work right now in 905. And if there is a bright spot and you never want to see anyone get injured, that's not what I'm trying to say here at all. But I am saying that if you if you are looking for, you know, some some glimmer of hope or some positive from the fact that, you know, JV might be out for a while, it's Chris Boucher. He had 44 points, sorry, this is 44 points and counting have established a franchise high for 905 in both regular season and playoffs. Boucher held the previous record this season with 37. So he's putting in work on 905. And we've seen it before where guys have success on 905 and they are able to translate that to success with the big boy team, right? Talked about it before. Pascal Siakam put in mega work on 905 right? DeLon Wright, Fred Van Fleet also put in work with Raptors 905. Like we've seen this before. And why is that? Because having your own 905 team allows you to instill your own narrative from the top down, your own structure and playbook and offense and defense and all those things, principles, training, all that stuff. You get to run your entire organization from top down. So when Boucher comes in, he's going to be already used to certain things, right? It's just about getting acclimated to the big boy team. So yeah, sorry to see JV go down. He got hacked by Draymond Green, who is maybe the biggest, he's got to be the biggest bully in the NBA, right? Just talking mega shit. And here's the thing too, right? The way that this game started, off reputation alone, you know Draymond talks a lot of shit. Early on in the game, I think Siakam, he was guarding Siakam, and Siakam dribbled the ball and turned it over, and Draymond was, like, yelling. Then Draymond's chirping at the Raptors' bench. Draymond made a block on OG, I think it was, and he's staring down at him. Draymond was trying to, like, intimidate the Raptors, and it just didn't work. I mean, it also didn't work because he was just bricking threes. <laughs> but the point is, the Raptors were not scared about going into Golden State at all. They were not shook at all. It didn't matter to them. They just came out and they took it to the Warriors. It's not even like the Warriors, like they missed shots early, definitely. They missed a lot of shots early. But the Warriors came out and they were playing, like they were running. They just couldn't match the Raptors' intensity. They couldn't match the Raptors' pace. And before you know it, the Raptors were up 26. I tweeted this out, but how many people did the same thing I did? It was the fourth quarter and I looked at the score and the I'm staring at the score bug in the bottom corner of the screen. Raptors were up 26. And I'm looking at it, and I'm trying to do the math in my head, and I'm like, oh, 16, not bad, but they can still make a run. And I'm like, wait a second, that's not 16. 
That's 20. Wait, the Raptors are up 26? Like, I literally did that because I couldn't figure out. Like, I'm staring at it, but I couldn't believe the fact that the Raptors are up 26 in Golden State. Say it all the time, but as a wise man from Toronto once said, what a time to be alive, right? Let's get some more comments. Uh, Kyle proved he is an X-factor for the Raptors, reminding all the doubters, including myself. Hey, this person on Twitter, I appreciate that comment. Because that's acknowledging that you might have overreacted yourself. You have self-awareness to understand that you might have thought a little too much about four games that Kyle Lowry struggled in. It's okay. It's only four games. It happens, right? It's probably going to happen again. It's a long season. It's probably going to happen again at some other point. Maybe people won't be as quick to jump off the bandwagon, right? More comments here. Danny Green postgame was interesting. He seemed to credit the win in large part to Golden State's poor play. Here's the thing. Danny Green's a vet, right? So it's fine and dandy for me to do a podcast, for me to talk to Raptors fans, Raptors fans to be hype about this win. Danny Green's a vet. He's seen a lot. It's going to take a lot more to impress him than beating Golden State in Golden State, right? That's a dude that's been through big boy games, not only in the regular season, but also in the playoffs, right? So he, it's going to take a lot more to impress him than just blowing out the Warriors. He understands the process of it being a long season. And also, he's not going to tip his cap and make it seem like it's a big deal. I mean, he, that's just a Danny Green way of giving the Kyle Lowry, it's just another regular season game, right? Uh, let's see. Seems like the Raptors' ball movement and overall team play is better without Kawhi. I agree with that. We talked about it before, right? I totally agree with that. Here's the thing. Season started. We talked about the fact on this podcast. Nick Nurse alluded to it. Kawhi and Danny Green alluded to it. But Kawhi didn't really know the plays yet, right? So when the Raptors would run their offense, if something would break down, it's either Kyle Lowry two-man game with Surge or they pass it to Kawhi, Kawhi Iso. That was essentially the Raptors' offense. The problem was, before the Raptors' losing streak, or I guess, remember Kawhi before he sat out the last game, he had about, or sorry, it would have been that game, Kawhi had about, what, five games in a row where he had basically like 30 and 8, right? I might be off a percentage point or two, but he was balling. It was like 30 plus points and like 8 rebounds, something like that, right? In that time, I feel like the Raptors kind of relaxed on offense and they kind of stood back and watched Kawhi go instead of running offense because it's almost like you were mesmerized as, or sorry, they were mesmerized as well by how good Kawhi Leonard is on offense because he's just getting buckets. And remember those games, especially like the first Golden State matchup, Kawhi just came out getting buckets, right? The Philly game, Kawhi just came out getting buckets. So... Sometimes you get into a lull, and I think that's where the offense stalls because you're just going to let Kawhi do it. And there's a lot of people at fault for that, right? Kyle Lowry being one of them, and I'm sure he would say that same thing too. He knows that he has to do a better job of leading the movement, leading the ball, sorry, leading the Raptors offense, but also within that, he can't lose himself. He still has to have those plays that I talked about. Remember when we talked about Kyle Lowry struggling, and I said the key is... When you see Kyle Lowry driving and trying to get those cheap fouls in the lane or he's, he's driving and trying to get and ones, 
that's when you know Kyle Lowry's being aggressive. We saw him do that more than a couple times tonight, right? Got to free throw line four times tonight. But you see him driving to the basket and making layups. That's when you know Kyle Lowry is being aggressive. But then on the flip side, you see him knocking down those open threes because now he's confident. But also the ball is moving on a string. Raptors were passing it like crazy all over the place. The ball movement was stupid. The one benefit or one of the benefits of having your two point guards in there is the distribution, right? We saw it last night with Freddie. He did a solid job again tonight. But all Raptors starters in double digits. Serge Ibaka continues to ball 20 and 12 tonight. Siakam, I think, kind of struggled in this game. Right? If you remember, he gave it to the Warriors in the first the first go-round, right? And what happens? They mentioned it during the broadcast, but second time around, you make that scouting report. And Golden State was more prepared for Pascal Siakam this time than they were last time, right? You saw him struggle a little. He, he, he was going a little too ham. And it's tough because part of Pascal's strength is his energy. So you don't want to mess with that too much. Right? You don't want to tell you don't want to rein it in at all because that's what makes him good. But he still has to be a little careful because five turnovers is a little too much, right? Especially when you're in the game with the two other point guards. Doesn't mean you can't handle the ball. It just means you don't have to handle the ball as much. Let Kyle Lowry, let Freddie do what they do and handle the rock. This game was amazing. I want to give Nick Nurse a lot of credit, too, because early on in the game, he wasn't messing around with the rotation. He came back with Kyle Lowry super quick because he wasn't going to let the Warriors come back. Or he wasn't going to let the Warriors come back without a fight. He wasn't going to lose this game because Lorenzo Brown was getting minutes. That's no shade to Lorenzo Brown. I'm just saying Nick Nurse knew the value of, hey, if I got to play Kyle, what do you play him tonight? 38 minutes. Siakam played 35. Danny Green, 31. If I got to ride those guys tonight, that's what he's going to do. And that's what he did. Raptors win. Raptors win. Raptors win. Apologies. I'm so hype. I've been doing too much talking. Let me get back to some more comments here. In Instagram this time, I don't think I've gone to Instagram yet. And I see there's mad people in there. So I'm going to scroll back to the beginning. Apologies to people while I'm scrolling. But my fingers are a little chubby, you know. So sometimes it's like... I'm messing things up here. Uh, let's see here. Uh, someone said, you had faith in Lowry. I mean, he had an off week, but Mans is back. <laughs> yes, he is. Definitely. Uh, Nick Nurse game plan to post up the height mismatch was key. Danny Green played great. It's true. I don't know if that's a, a Nick Nurse game plan. I don't know if that was just the Raptors adjusting or it worked once, so they just kept going to it. But even a couple of those looks to Danny Green, just came off hustle. He beat Steph Curry down the floor, beat him to the front of the rim. What do they call that, a rim run? Beat him to the front of the rim. Kyle just threw it up. Danny Green gets it under the basket. Easy two points. So, yeah, I mean, shout out to the Raps for that. That definitely was something they exploited in this game. A lot of people giving credit to Nick Nurse. Uh, my guy Kenny says, enough of the conspiracies, bud. <laughs> which is pretty funny because that's he's referencing a conversation we had at work earlier which is pretty funny uh another comment here uh Kawhi wasn't playing um Iggy also wasn't playing poor warriors no Andre Gudala, huh 
Um, someone else says Raps fans have to find the this Clippers scout at the Raps game and kick him out of the stadium. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually, and very interesting. For those who don't know, Brian Windhorst today came out with an article where I guess he said it on ESPN last week that there's been a Clippers scout at a lot of Raptors games. And today he wrote a full article stating that, um, I think he said 70% of the games, the Clippers have had either a scout or their team president, Lawrence Frank, in attendance at Raptors games watching Kawhi Leonard. And also that the Clippers' master plan for the offseason is to get both Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant this offseason. So, yeah, Raptors fans, if you see Lawrence Frank, be polite. <laughs> uh, let's see. Listen, mo monumental game without number two playing. This was a message to Leonard from Lowry. Yo. It's interesting. It's super interesting, right? Kyle Lowry clearly... Here, here's the thing, because there are people talking about why can't why wasn't Kyle Lowry playing this aggressively with Kawhi Leonard in the lineup, right? The thing we have to remember about Kyle Lowry, okay? Kyle Lowry's made some interesting quotes talking about the Raptors' offense this year. Kyle Lowry, if you go back to last year when the Raptors first installed Nick Nurse's offense, Kyle Lowry also had some interesting quotes about the, the Raptors' offense then as well. There's always this push-pull between Kyle Lowry and the head coach about the offense, right? He's a veteran point guard. He wants to run the show. He wants to feel out the game and, you know, move the ball around at his pace, you know? It might not be running the same sets that the coach wants to run because he might be seeing different things on the floor. But that's the push-pull that Kyle Lowry obviously had all the time with Dwayne Casey. He really had, and it came out, in many different articles last year with Nick Nurse. And it came out a little bit again this year, right? And we saw that. With Ka with Kawhi Leonard, there's a lot of hot potato going around where late in the game, Kyle Lowry's just passing the ball to Kawhi and moving over and just standing in the corner. Or maybe he'd set a screen to switch so that Kawhi, so that his defender has to guard Kawhi. But Kyle Lowry definitely was just letting Kawhi go and getting out of the way. Obviously, we want to see more of this Kyle Lowry with Kawhi in the lineup. But the thing that we need to remember is that Kyle Lowry let DeMar be great, right? If you remember, one thing Kyle Lowry spoke about a lot was that at a certain point, go back to the early playoff Raptors, right? Like this era of Raptors, that early series where they're playing against the Nets. Crunch time, it was Kyle Lowry cooking. Is Kyle Lowry doing everything? And then a couple years later, right, somewhere in between there, it switched, and it was Kyle Lowry passing the ball to DeMar. And as their, their bromance bloomed, and we knew we found out more about the relationship, we heard about Kyle Lowry talking about the fact that his goal at a certain point was to make DeMar a perennial all-star. Now, what I'm reading into that is that Kyle Lowry was totally cool with taking a backseat to DeMar because DeMar was his boy. But also, to me, that's him acknowledging that he's allowing it to happen. He doesn't really have a relationship with Kawhi yet, right? There's no relationship there at all. So it's going to take a while for Kyle Lowry to fully understand how he can play with Kawhi in terms of, 
okay, I'm going to let Kawhi go for a bit. Okay, no, it's my turn to run the offense, to get guys involved. Where does Kawhi like the ball? Oh, Kawhi's not running the play properly. How do I get the ball over here and swing it back to Kawhi? These are the little things that have to happen. But if you're wondering why DeMar DeRozan was able to succeed in the offense and Kyle Lowry was able to still succeed while taking a backseat to DeRozan, you have to understand that Kyle Lowry was okay with that because he himself allowed it to happen. He was okay with DeMar rising because that was part of, as he'll tell you, his plan. Those are his words. I'm pretty sure it was an interview he did with Alvin Williams, if I'm not mistaken, where he talked about he wanted to allow DeRozan to improve and become a perennial all-star. He felt like that was part of his mission, right? Does he have that same bond with Kawhi? No, not yet. So there's a little bit of awkwardness there, right? Think about it. We're all watching as fans thinking, will Kawhi stay? Will Kawhi go? What's going to happen? We're all acknowledging that the whole entire organization is bending over backwards for whatever Kawhi Leonard wants. But also, there's all these stories floating around that he's already out, that he's already leaving. Before you shit on Kyle Lowry, put yourself in his shoes. Put yourself in Pascal Siakam's shoes and ask yourself, how would you feel if you're here in the locker room and you're here riding for the Raptors and then here comes this guy that's halfway in, halfway out. And we saw the beef that that brought to the Golden State Warriors, where we it was on the record where Draymond said to KD, part of their argument was the fact that he thought KD was already checked out somewhere else, right? He was here playing with them, but how committed was he? Because he hasn't committed to them long term. So if we are going to sit here and, and not think that the same, there's a bit of that going on in the Raptors locker room? Of course there is. That's human nature. So it's going to take a little while. Again, this was game 30. 30 games these guys have played together. Not even because Kawhi has missed, what, seven games, eight games this year? So just over 20 games the Raptors have played with Kawhi Leonard. It's going to take them time to build that chemistry. I just think Kyle Lowry right now, there is part of it that you could see those guys being like, hey, this Kawhi storyline is the whole narrative, but we're good. We good. We got this. And you can be with us, and if you're with us, cool. But if not, we're cool anyways. And if that's the case, I'm I'm riding with them. I'm, I'm with the Raptors. I'm with Lowry. Because who knows what's going to happen. And they can't be worrying about that. They got to go out and win games, period. Whether Kawhi's in or he's not. If he's in, great. See you in the finals. Uh, let's see here. More comments. I apologize for being so fired up. And I'm, I'm falling behind on all these comments here. But... Uh, let's see here. Only issue with Lowry is playoff time. Him and DeMar were professional bricklayers for the last bit. That is true. No one's going to deny that. We watched the games, right? We saw Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan struggle in playoff series after playoff series. But again, that's why they got Kawhi Leonard. That's why they got Danny Green. So, hey, maybe those guys will make it easier on Kyle Lowry to, again, Play defense, hit open shots, lead the offense. The pressure won't be at, on him nearly as much because DeMar DeRozan isn't struggling beside him as well. Kawhi wants that smoke. Kawhi's getting busy come playoff time. Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the East. So we'll see. And again, there's a long ways to go before the playoffs, so 
let's ride it out, see what's going on. Uh, someone says CJ Miles is due for a big game. I'm over the CJ Miles minutes. I can't lie. I it, like CJ Miles doesn't matter to me anymore. I'm not even like hoping or wishing that he shoots himself out of this. Like it just doesn't matter to me anymore. When I see him check into the game, I'm just like, what's the point in this? I don't know. But I guess with Kawhi out, he has to play. Whatever. CJ doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to me. Sorry. Uh, someone else says, I feel like Fred should start at PG going forward and Kyle should play shooting guard. Danny Green should move to small forward. I feel like it would make us more complete. Now, I'll ask this person on Instagram, does that mean that Kawhi Leonard plays a four? I don't know. That doesn't really make sense, right? Because Siakam has to start and Serge has to start. So which one of those guys are coming out of the lineup? Uh, not sure I agree there, but I think overall there's enough minutes for all those guys. Freddie's going to play massive minutes because you want to keep Kyle's minutes down anyways as the season goes along, right? Uh, let's keep things moving. Someone else saying, love the moose, give the moose some love. Yeah, he gave great minutes, and we're going to see a lot more of those minutes because if JV, as he said, dislocated thumb, dislocated left thumb, that probably means JV is going to be out for the next little bit, so... We'll definitely be seeing some Greg Monroe minutes coming up. Uh, another comment here on Instagram. The thing is, the Raps don't have to 100% rely on Kawhi. As long as we got two, three... <laughs> Sorry. Every time I see someone type in the word mans, I pause because it, it makes me laugh. But also, I'm reading it normally, but then I have to add in a little extra swag when I'm saying the word mans. <laughs> it just sounds weird if I read it normally, right? Anyways. Let me try that again. The thing is, the Raptors don't have to 100% rely on Kawhi. As long as we have two to three men chipping in with double-digit scoring, Kawhi doesn't need to try to lead all the time. Yeah, again, like when the Raptors' offense is flowing, you're just going to get other guys getting buckets in the flow of the offense. That's just the way things are going to work, right? Someone says, hot take, Ibaka gets his first All-Star nomination this year. Uh, I feel like either Ibaka or Siakam got to make the all-star team along with Kawhi and Kyle, no? I don't think the Raptors will have four all-stars. I think they'll have three. So Ibaka could be battling uh, Siakam for that all-star spot, unless the Raptors have some crazy record where they have four all-stars, but we'll see. Hopefully they keep this up. Uh, someone says this could be fool's gold too. I don't know what that means. A win's a win. A win's a win. Uh, let's see. Keep scrolling. Imagine what happens when Kawhi, quote, learns the offense. Wow, just wow. That's exactly what we've been talking about, right? This is, it's scary because you know that the Raptors aren't going at full cylinder, all on full cylinders yet. There's still a ways to go. There's still another, another level of improvements for the Raptors to make. Uh, someone says, they agreed earlier. Earlier, I was talking about the, uh, the score in the game. And I was tr struggling to do the math to figure out, because I was doubting whether or not the Raptors were up by 26. And they were. Someone says, I almost needed a calculator just to believe my mental math, seeing them up 26 points. Good to know I wasn't the only one, right? Uh, someone says, I think OG could be the X factor. OG did play well. He played solid. It was good to see OG have a night that he did. But I definitely think, you know, it's Kyle and Serge. Got to give Serge some love, I think. But OG definitely gives gives some love. Parade route. I mean, obviously, that's a Leafs, Leafs joke there. But uh, 
solid, solid showing by the Raptors. And I mean, I just wonder how much longer can this go? It's just going really well right now for the Raps. Can they ride this out? JV's, a f I mean, they've been dealing with injuries for a lot of the year. Their depth is shown already. They're on a roll. Hopefully this can continue, right? Uh, someone says, I can't believe Kyle and Kawhi are not BFFs yet. Kawhi's a fun guy. And in brackets, it says creepy laugh. I'm not going to knock Kawhi's laugh like that. I'm just going to laugh at it and think that it's super funny because it is. So again, Raptors with the massive win. Thanks again to all the people for tuning in here on the Wrap It Up podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Shout to all the comments. We'll continue this soon. And hopefully, Raptors fans are fired up. Tomorrow is going to be an interesting day because American media is going to be going crazy. Canadian media is going to be going crazy. Everyone's going to be singing the Raptors praises, but there's still two more games left on this trip. They're going to be in Portland, and then they're in Denver. So shout out to that. Hopefully, you continue to join me here on the Wrap It Up podcast because, you know, Things have been fired up. This has been a great win. Hopefully you'll join me on Friday night as the Raptors play Portland. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. You can find this podcast on YouTube and on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Just search On Blast Podcast or wrap it up. Again, my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thanks for joining me as always as you do each and every Raptors game on iTunes or sorry, on uh, Twitter at Shell Alexander and on Instagram at Shell Alexander. And again, as I close each and every podcast, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Till next time, see ya. Boom, blast.